how do we understand and interpret things? How do we uh, look at things and we see things from the outside and how do we interpret th those things that we see? Um, what is the basis for our interpretation and understanding? Um, you look at uh, courts and courts and judges uh, look at things and they make their interpretation and they make their understanding of things and then they present it to the people, their judgments. And it's often it's based on their opinion and based on what they see and what, how they feel um, should be said and what is that interpretation. Uh, we see that with the Supreme Court, with the Constitution and other laws uh, as well. So, um, and it goes the same thing with us, with situations in that we um, look at things and we make our judgment and we make our interpretation of those things uh, based on our opinion, based on what we feel is right. Today we're going to be looking at um, uh, Jesus um, and his disciples and we're going to Jesus giving the correct interpretation of the law of the Sabbath to the religious leaders. Continuing um, in our series in the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to finish up chapter 2 today. And we're looking at Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. So read along with me as I, as I read. And it happened that he was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain. The Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and he and his companions became hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Biophar the high priest and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest. And he also gave it to those who were with him. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And may God add the blessing to the reading of His Word. Amen. Um, so this is going to be Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. So this is what we're going to be looking at here this morning. We're looking at three specific points. The Pharisees were saying to Him, and He said to them, and then the Son of Man is Lord. The Pharisees were saying to Him, so we see here in verse 23, it says, And it happened that he was passing through the grain field on the Sabbath. And his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain. So according to the Jewish law, there, according to the, the Sabbath, according to the Ten Commandments, he got the Sabbath hold. The Sabbath meaning the last day of the week, the sixth, seventh day of the week. And so, um, you shall keep the Sabbath holy. What does that mean? And what their interpretation of that was saying that you can't be doing anything on the Sabbath. That's a Sabbath is a time where God said, this is what God said, you've got to keep it holy, so you can't do anything on that. So that was the blanket interpretation of that law. So we see here the context is is that they're walking along the road and it's the Sabbath. 
And what were they doing? And it happened that they were passing through the grain fields. Do any of us ever get hungry? I know I do. I love to get I get hungry. We all do. Do we ever sometimes take drastic measures to feed our hunger? In other words, if we're really, really hungry, we go to extreme means sometimes in order to make sure that we get something to eat. Sometimes we do, don't we? We do. Because we want our hunger to be met, and that pang in the side of our belly says, feed me. And you're going to do, sometimes you're going to do things that you want to do in order to get that pang or get that hunger taken care of. Well, Jesus was walking along the road here. It was the Sabbath. And they were hungry. Disciples were hungry. And back then, they didn't have cars or they didn't have vehicles. Uh, they had animals to transport themselves, but mainly people were, the way they got around was by walking. And so here they were walking on the road, and it was the Sabbath, and they were hungry. So what are they going to do? The Sabbath says, you know, you got to rest on the Sabbath. You can't, what are you going to do if you're hungry? So, I mean, the dilemma, isn't it? It's the Sabbath, you've got to keep it holy. But what were they doing? They were picking, they were in need, and it says here, and they were passing through the grain fields. So we see the grain fields. That was an agricultural uh, society there, and that made most of their living, and, most, and they got most of their food from their harvest and their crops. And disciples began to make their way, picking the heads of grain. Oh boy, here's the Sabbath. And they're hungry. And now they're going, and now they're starting to pick the heads of grain off of the what? Off of the 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 wheat or the barley or whatever crop was there. And they started eating. Now isn't that against the law? That wasn't that against the Sabbath? It was the Sabbath. They shouldn't be doing that, right? That's what the law said. That's what the law said on black and white. That's what the law said on the outside, right? You better not do it. Because you, you don't want to break the whole, you don't want to break one of the Ten Commandments. And the ten, one of the Ten Commandments on the Sabbath is you don't do that on the Sabbath. You don't, you, it's got, got to keep it holy. In other words, got to keep it special. You can't be doing anything on the Sabbath. So, now remind, remember, interpretation. And the religious leaders at this time had um, various interpretations of what God had said, didn't they? And so they said the religious leaders were the ones who, and the scribes were the ones who would interpret the law and they would administer the law, the law of God. And so what they said, if they said it, then the people from a religious perspective had to follow it. Not from a civil perspective, but from a religious perspective, they needed to follow that. 
So they had a specific interpretation of that. Now, if you look at um, different scriptures, if you look at um, Deuteronomy chapter 20, I'm not going to go there, but you can look there if you'd like. But in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 25, um, the law allows you to pluck the grain. So, the law, of, there's, there's provision because people, this, this is a grain field, and so the law, number one is the law allows for you to, first of all, the first problem was they were plucking someone else's grain fields, and they were taking the grain off. But the law allowed you to do that. If there was a need there, you could pluck the grains off and you could eat it along the edges. Okay? But it says here, so they had so they were okay there, but the problem was what? That they, they um, the problem was is that they couldn't harvest the field, but the problem was is that they couldn't they were up there with the Sabbath. And so they were plucking the heads of grain on the Sabbath. So we see here, and the disciples began to make their way along the road. The Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? So here it is, and this is in verse 24. The Pharisees, who are the Pharisees? The Pharisees were the religious leaders who interpreted the law, who uh, make, showed what make the understanding of the law, sort of like what our courts would be. The religious leaders would say, okay, this is what the law says, and this is our interpretation of it, and this is the way you should follow it. And why are they doing what is not lawful? Lawful according to who? Did God say it was not lawful to do that on the Sabbath? Did God say it was not lawful to pick heads of grain along the fields on the Sabbath. In other words, it, the law says that the Sabbath is, you should keep the, the, the Sabbath holy. So in other words, so what does that mean? So, so their interpretation of that was, as we're going to find out, is, is that they added things to that to make, make it look like, well, you can't do anything on the Sabbath let alone, in other words, feeding your hunger. In other words, you couldn't even cook on the Sabbath. How about that? So if you were eating food on the Sabbath, would you be in violation of the law? Think about it. But let's go on here. And it says, the Pharisees... It says, according to the Jewish tradition in the Mishnah, because they had parish traditions, it says they were harvesting and breaking the law. In other words, this, the Mishnah was their interpretation of God's law and what that meant. And according to them, they were, um, they were, harvesting, uh, they were harvesting and breaking the law. In other words, plucking the grains. In other words, they would go there and they'd pluck the grain off. And they would eat it. Well, according to the Mishnah, that was harvesting, meaning work. Rather than plucking the grain off so you can eat it so you can be fed. So their law interpreted in the Mishnah, interpreted that 
collecting of grain as harvesting, in other words, doing work, so therefore they couldn't meet their need. So it was not the law of God, but it was their interpretation of the law that made it a violation. According to their tradition, according to their law, according to their interpretation of the law. And so therefore, they interpreted that as sin, as going against God, because it was their interpretation of it against God. Did God ever, did God ever say that, that that was, did God ever say that? Or who said that it, that was sin? They said it was sin. All God said was, it's, it, thou shalt keep the Lord, keep the Sabbath holy. Right? They said, well, you're harvesting and you can't do anything. And so therefore you're breaking the law. The law, not their law, not God's law, but their law. So let's go on to our next, let's go on to our next point. Because this is really important. The Pharisees say they're breaking the law. Why are they saying this? Why is it so important? Because it's not, why are they saying they're breaking the law? What's wrong with the attitude that they have? And why are they concerned about the law? Why are they concerned? Why are they concerned about the breaking of this law? Were they concerned about, well, it's going to be against God? Are they concerned about, well, they're breaking the law of God? Or are they concerned about they're breaking my law? Or our law? Were they concerned that the people were not doing right? Were they concerned about anything about the people? Or were they just concerned about the law was broken, their law and their interpretation of the law, and that's what they were upset about. That's what they got angry about. And that's often what happens is what our feelings get hurt sometimes, isn't it? People, well, this is what this is mine, this is what I've done, or this is what we think it is, and if you're not following it, and so therefore you should be punished, or you should be, what are you going to do about this? Rather than be, being concerned about the person, rather than being concerned about who that person is and what the situation and the circumstances were, they, all they were concerned about at this point was that the law was broken. They weren't concerned about the individuals who were a part of the law and who were breaking the law who, in, their, in their interpretation of it. They weren't concerned about the individuals. All they were concerned about was the law being broken. So they had no concern for the people involved at all. Just that the law was broken. It was done and we can't do this. So number two is, is that, and he said to them, verses 25 through 26, Jesus responds back to the Pharisees with a scriptural precedence. What do lawyers like to do? Since they are, since they're, since they're making judgment on the law, and they base, lawyers and judges make their decision based on what? On precedence, don't they? So if they make their, make their decision based on precedence, well, what, is it, what were decisions made back then? According to this such and such a date, in, uh, according to um, uh, John Doe versus Mary, Mary, Mary Jones, in whatever law it was, this is what it said, so this is the precedence. So well, Jesus said, do you want precedence? I'll give you precedence. I'll give you scriptural precedence. Not your law, but the law of God. This is the Bible. His word. 
And so what did Jesus do? Jesus gave the best presence that you could get, the Word of God. And how did Jesus respond? And look at verses 25 to 26. And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and he and his companions became hungry? Well, who's David? Is David just a regular guy? Who was David? David was the first, what? Legit king. The righteous king. In Israel. Everybody knew King David. Everybody knew about David. He, he fought Goliath and slayed him. He brought the, the kingdoms together. He brought, he brought the nations together. He brought his nation together as a people and they were united. And he was the king. So everybody knew him and everybody respected him as the king. Everybody knew who David was. So Jesus was going to go and hit him right between the eyes with the scriptural presence of King David. And you can't, and how can you argue against David? Was David a bad man? Absolutely not. David was looked at as a righteous man, right? And the men who were with him were righteous, weren't they? Or were they bad men? Were they bad men? Was David a bad man? Did David sin? Yes, he did. He confessed it and God forgave him. Yes. But overall, David was a man after God's own heart. Right? That's what the scripture says. So they looked at David as, as that type of man. And the people who were with him. His mighty warriors, his mighty soldiers. And he said to them, have you never read what David did? King David. When he was in need and his companions became hungry. So what did David do? He wanted precedence for meeting your need? Here's a precedence in his David and his companions. They were hungry too. Weren't they? Here they were, they were hungry. So what is he going to do? Here's David fighting for his country, fighting for his people, and his men are hungry. But David became hungry. And so David was going to do what he needed to do, not blatantly breaking God's law, but he was going to do what he needed to do so that his needs could be met, and the needs of his men could be met. So they can continue to do the things that God called them to do. He wasn't doing anything blatantly wrong against God. And that's the purpose, that the, that's what the Pharisees were saying. The Pharisees were saying that the disciples were doing something blatantly wrong against God. They were not, not against God, but against their law. They weren't concerned about being against God, but against their law and their interpretation of it. And so here Jesus is going to say, well, David was concerned that his men were going to be taken care of. But David's intent was not to break God's law, but so his needs could be met. And this is really important. Um, uh, the group of David and his men are apparent infringement of the Sabbath by Jesus' 
and, and David and his men, and Jesus' disciples. Look at this. Who infringed on the Sabbath? Jesus' men. What did David do? David went into the priest. If you look at, it's going to be in 1 Samuel 21, verses 1 through 6. And you can read the story now. I'm not going to go there. But what David did was he went into the place where he was partaking of the, uh, the things that only the high priest could be taken care of. Um, and he partook of it. The high priest gave it to him at that time by and far when he was the high priest. And yes, he was. And he said that, um, why would David do that? Why would David go and partake of something that only the priest could partake in? Why would he do that? But, and he ate the consecrated bread. The consecrated bread was consecrated to, to God. No one was allowed to eat that. That was consecrated to God, right? So that would have been breaking the law, right? But David had a need, correct? Which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests. So the only ones who were allowed to eat that bread were who? The priests. But what did Biathar do? And he also gave it to those who were with him. In other words, Abiathar the priest gave that consecrated bread that only he and the priest were allowed to eat, and he gave it to David. Therefore, the law was broken, and what happened? David's need for it. So what do you do there? Was David wrong? Was Abiathar the priest wrong? Was he? Were the disciples wrong for eating the heads of grain? It comes back to our interpretation of things, doesn't it? And God's actual interpretation of things. Because this is really, really, really important. Because what happens is, is that we mix our opinions, we mix our thoughts into God's understanding of His Word and what He says. And we're not necessarily upset that God was violated but that our opinion of the law or our opinion of what the subject matter is or our opinion of what's going on was not adhered to, not looked at. That's what we get upset about. Not that God was violated, but that our opinion or our decision or our choices or our interpretation of things was not adhered to. And so we see here, it says, um, since it's lawful to do good on... Um, there's another scriptural precedence here as you go here and it says, um, if you look at Isaiah 58, 6 and 7, what does God look at? We look at the letter of the law, don't we? This is what the law says, but we, we interpret it. But what does God say? God looks at not necessarily the letter of the law, but he looks at what? The spirit of the law. What was the intent of God for this law? What was the intent and the purpose of it? There was an intent and purpose of it, of course. But, at the same time, what was the spirit and the heart behind it? My Bible is in black and white, right? We often use those things to distinguish it's either right or it's wrong. There's no difference, there's no in-between, there's no interpretation uh, interpreting it 
either way, you know, on one side or the other. So, with God, God, there's an understanding. There's a spirit behind, spirit, what I mean is the intent, the heart behind what is being said and what's being written. When God wrote the laws and when God intended the laws, God had his, his intent and his purpose was embodied in those laws. And there was a, and there was a reason to be able to make, um, I don't know how to say it, maybe exception in those circumstances to meet needs and to take care of things. What's the greatest commandment? We're talking about the law. What's the greatest command? Shalom who? The Lord your God. For your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what? And your neighbor as yourself. Right? That's what Jesus said. And that's in the Old Testament as well. So, the intent of the law is what? Loving God first. Correct? And who? And loving your what? Your neighbor as yourself. So, if someone's breaking the law to meet a need, and yet you judge them because they're breaking the law and they're meeting their need, are you loving your neighbor? That's a legal argument. Right? So, if, the, if God's law, the perfect law, says that over everything, the overarching intent of the law is to love God first and love your neighbor as yourself. So, if you're not second part of that law, if you're not loving your neighbor as yourself, and you're just saying, well, your need can't be met because it's a Sabbath. Or your need can't be met because this is consecrated bread. That's not loving your neighbor, is it? Is it? Someone's hungry, you can tell them no. Right? Tell them hungry, you can't eat, you can't, you can't eat because the law says it's a Sabbath. No, it's a Sabbath that says keep it holy, but it's your interpretation of what the law says. That's their break. In your eyes, in your mind, in your heart. Your tradition, your ritual. And that's what's the important thing here, is that um, the Pharisees say they're breaking the law. You know, and so they say, think about God's intent and heart and the purpose of the law. Think about this. Not just the literal black and white carrying out of the law. There's a need to show compassion and love when following the law. So there's a need and there's a compassion. There's a need to have compassion. Does God show us compassion? Does God show us mercy? Absolutely. I would have been toast a long time ago. If God didn't show me mercy and compassion a long time ago, I would have been toast, burnt toast. But He showed me mercy, He showed me compassion. And that's when we judge others and make interpretation of others in God's law, we need to have God's heart and God's intent, the spirit of the law. And what is that? Compassion and what? And mercy. You broke the law! Or how about, what were you trying to do? Was your intent to try to break the law so that you could do it? No. Jesus was showing that not only did David 
and his men had their knees met. But Jesus and his disciples were up. Like his disciples were up. Having their needs met too. Showing their compassion. Show, taking their time to meet their needs. Right? You know, if, if there's other passages in, in, the, in, the, in the Gospels where Jesus was saying, he says, well, what happens if your donkey is, um, is get, gets tied up and, and, and you have to, or you have to be tied up and you have to give him water? Aren't you going to go and tie your donkey and leave him for water so he can have water? Or are you going to let him, or are you going to let him um, not have any water? You're going to let him um, just salivate and not have anything and die. You're going to, of course, and it's a Sabbath. So what are you going to do? You're going to, of course, you're going to tie him and you're going to lead him to the water and you're going to do what? You're going to get, allow him to get the water so he can be refreshed. So he can, have, he can be taken care of. Same thing it is with humans. Sometimes we treat humans, we treat our animals better than we treat humans. And so, it's treating, looking at the law and saying if somebody is doing something that we don't agree with, based on our tradition, based on our ritual, based on our interpretation, that we show we, re, we rethink our interpretation of that and think about God's interpretation and God's intent. Like this, so like I'll give you an example. Um, and we think about, well, what did God, what would God say here? What would God do things here? An example here, and I've been in the church and I've been, God, and I've shared this before, I've, I've been part of the church for 40 years. Not this church, but uh, as a Christian. I've been in leadership over those years, I've been an elder and a deacon uh, over those years, and pastor for many, many, many years. And, and often there's rules and things that are set up in the church, the traditions and things that are set up in the church that people say we ought not to do. For, in other words, um, it talk, the Bible talks about modesty and talks about um, things that are. We should be modest. And, and I agree with that. And the scripture says, you know, we should be modest. But then what happens is that the church and people in the church will set up modesty laws and things that, and their interpretation of it, and if people don't follow their interpretation of it, they can be ostracized or kicked out of the church or excommunicated out of the church. Right? Because it was their interpretation of the modesty thing in the church. That's just one example. Things that we set up, things that we, rather than showing mercy to someone who, let's say, has a need, and we and go ahead and judge them based on our interpretation of that. And we need to really show more mercy and compassion to people based on not our interpretation of things, but on God's heart and God's intent of things. And what can happen is if you do that, you're going to see these pews filled. And it's going to be where, because it's going to be showing that mercy or compassion, that interpretation. Yeah, God wants us to keep the law, but again, you show grace in the keeping of the law. It's not just about the Sabbath here, folks. It's more about the Sabbath, but it's more about God's part and God's intent in keeping his law. Let's look at our last point here. It says, The Son of Man is Lord. 
And, uh, it's in verse 27 and 28. So Jesus said then, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Now let's look at this. Jew Jewish tradition had so multiplied the requirements and restrictions for keeping the Sabbath that the burden had become intolerable. In other words, they had put tradition and ritual upon ritual upon tradition upon ritual upon, and it became intolerable and impossible for people to keep. The tradition and became, it became impossible to keep. In other words, on the Sabbath, it came to the point where people couldn't do anything on the Sabbath. They couldn't do anything because of their traditions that they put in there, say, well, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. Can't do this. So in other words, you couldn't even make, you couldn't even make, like, dinner on the Sabbath. You had to make stuff, like, ahead of day, the day ahead. What happens if you have to go to the bathroom? Doesn't that work? What happens if you had to get dressed? Doesn't that work? You see how ridiculous it gets? You see how ridiculous it gets? And that's what had happened. They put traditions and rituals and laws upon law upon God's laws that God never intended to be there and became impossible and became a burden for people to keep. And that's what the Pharisees were speaking about with Jesus' disciples. David did it, but it was with the heart of God. Jesus' disciples did it, but it was with the heart of God. They were, okay, they're doing their just meeting need. Show mercy. Not for the law, but keeping the law. Not people doing things for the sake of just keeping them. But doing it because you love God. And you're showing mercy to others. And it says here, it says, um, and so Jesus cut across all that garbage and all those extra laws that they added to the law of God. And Jesus cut right through it, and he always does that. And he gets right to the heart and intent of what God's law is, right? Loving God first and loving your neighbor as yourself. Not based on the ritual. Let's finish up here. And it says, um, Jesus, let's look at the second part here. It says, and first, fear, what was it, what was it, what was the Sabbath intended for? What was the purpose of the Sabbath? Just to keep the Sabbath, just to do it? The purpose of the Sabbath was, and I did, when I studied this, it was really important. The Sabbath was for spiritual, mental, and physical restoration. Right? So you get a day of rest where you get spiritual, mental, and physical restoration. That was the purpose of it, right? So if they can't, if you had a law saying that you are interpretation of law where they can't eat grain, how are they physically going to be restored? Well, they just fast. What happens if you're diabetic? You can't you need to eat. Of course they didn't know about it. They didn't know about diabetes back then, but what I'm saying, my whole point, you know my, what, what, what I'm saying, my point is, is that they missed out on what God's intent was. God's intent was for spiritual, mental, and physical restoration. That's the, what the purpose of the Sabbath was. So man could get restored, he could get refreshed, he could get rested. Not just for the law of God being a meanie saying you can't do this, it was for man's benefit. It was for our benefit, right? Because that's what Jesus, that's what it says here. It says, 
in verse 27, and the Sabbath was made for man. In other words, so man could be restored, refreshed, and invigorated. So he can continue on with his life and do the things that he, God intended him for him to do. Their emphasis was more on keeping the law than on God's intention of restoring and preserving man. Third purpose was the Pharisees was on keeping the law rather than God's intent of restoring and restoring and preserving the man. Right? And that should be our purpose too, as well. When we're looking at the law, it's for restoring and preserving who? The person, the other individual. Again, it comes back to love. If the person needs heat, let them eat. If they're breaking the law and it's not egregious, in other words, breaking the, the law of God, it's not egregious, it's not an intent, but they're meeting a need, allow them to do it. Don't judge them. Show them mercy, show them compassion, right? And then listen to this. And um, Jesus in verse 28, and this is where we're gonna we're gonna finish up right here. Jesus has authority to overrule laws concerning the Sabbath, particularly as interpreted by the Pharisees. Who says Jesus is Lord what? Over the Sabbath. So who's who's Lord over the interpretation of the law? Who's the ultimate supreme judge? Jesus is. And so he's Lord over the interpretation of the law and how it's carried out. Not man's interpretation of it, not the religious leader's interpretation of it, but God's interpretation of it. So who's Lord over it? Jesus is. And what he says is true, what he says is right. And so follow what his interpretation, follow what his law says, follow what he does. And it says, we can't add our restrictions, requirements, or traditions to it. You can't add your restrictions, your requirements, or your traditions to God's law. Because then it becomes your law. And not God's. Lest they become the law, unless your traditions and your rituals and your things become the law, and not God's scripture, and not God's word. And that's the danger of our tradition, that's the danger danger of our restrictions, that's the danger of our interpretation of God's law. They become the law rather than the Bible becoming the, the Word of God, rather than the Bible becoming the precedence for what we have. What's the precedence? What did Jesus use as the precedence? What is this? It's the Bible, right? And God's interpretation of it, not ours. And it says here, and lastly it says, let's say become... You can do this. We need to be very careful. We need to ask God to give us a heart of compassion and mercy for people when, we deal, when we're dealing with people. Not just for the law, keeping the law, but for the sake of showing compassion to his people, showing the love of God, loving your neighbor as yourself. Loving God first, of course, but loving your neighbor as yourself. And showing compassion to them. Don't judge from the outside based on your interpretation. Seek to know God's understanding of the situation. Seek to know what's going on in the situation. Don't prejudge something. Base your understanding of God's law on the spirit and the purpose of the law, not on the letter. And let our understanding be based on compassion and love. And then let our purpose in keeping the law be for restoring and preserving people. 
man. Don't add our own restrictions and traditions as if they are the law. Look at God's law as a benefit for us and for others. Amen? Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. Jesus, thank you for your mercy and for your kindness. Thank you for your great love. Jesus, help us to um, just hear from you and receive your heart and receive your mind and receive your spirit. Let us interpret things with your mind and your, your heart. Let us treat others with your mind and with your heart, with your intent. Father, let us um, uh, do those things which please you. Let us show compassion and love, O oh God, um, to those around us and not necessarily uh, judgment before um, without fully knowing things of God. Help us to just, just truly know you and to love you and to, uh, and to love others, oh God. Please help us, oh God. Please help us not just to follow the letter of the law, but your spirit, your intent, and your heart here today. Forgive us when we have it, oh God. Show us mercy. Please cleanse our hearts and our minds and our bodies, oh God, and help us just to be your people that represent you and represent Christ, following your law, your intent, and your purpose. Thank you, Jesus. We love you and we worship you. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. And Father, as we pray, let's pray the Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. We also forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, both now and forever. Amen. May God, uh, uh, may, like the Father, may you dismiss your people with your peace and with your joy. Thank you, Father. We love you. Amen. And folks, say, let's just remember, again, remember our veterans and those who served us and those in our police those um, who have um, served us well as we celebrate. My mom and dad were, my mom and dad were holding to us. Let's remember those who served us here.